Communication and Empathy, The Secrets for Engaging Developers. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Justin Halsell, Developer Advocate at IBM. Welcome, Justin. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Tanya. What does a Developer Advocate at IBM do? So um, it kind of depends on who I'm talking to, how I describe it. Um, if I'm talking to uh, marketing people, I often say that I do marketing and sales for people that hate marketing and salespeople, um, mainly because um, developers don't, they don't really, or in general, what I've seen is they don't really trust marketing or salespeople. Um, and if you can't program, they don't really respect you. So that's kind of the, the introduction that I give to uh, either marketing or salespeople if they ask me. And uh, the, the real story is actually um, we do some uh, promotion of our own products, uh, right? We have developer products, so we need to uh, make sure that developers actually uh, get their hands on it. And then the other side of things is we actually go ahead and we get feedback back from the community for uh, uh, on whether they're um, kind of where the sticking points are in the product or why people aren't using it and we bring that back into the products to make the products better so it's kind of like a, it's a it's a loop that's the real the real story but you know if you're a marketing or salesperson that's kind of the introduction that i do you've actually surprisingly and i've got some pretty strong observations and opinions on how non-technical professionals should engage developers what were the experience that you, experiences that you had that shaped your points of view um, so one, well, I've worked with a lot of, uh, of non-technical people and I've worked with a lot of technical people, of course. I, I used to be CTO for a startup, I've, I've led a bunch of different teams and you hear kind of like all of the stereotypes when you're working with non-technical people. It's like, oh my God, communication is such a big problem with developers and you, you know, you uh, being a developer myself, um, you recognize some of these things and um, one of the main kind of observations that I've made is, um, or one of the things that I notice myself do constantly is you get extremely specific and people that are non-technical get really, um, they get kind of annoyed by this, right? They do their story and then the developer goes and says, hold up, this little piece right here that you're saying isn't correct. Um, and I've been in teams where instead of saying this little piece right here isn't correct, they'll yell out, you're a moron, um, which is not a great way of communicating in general. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's useful to know and useful to understand that uh, developers, when they're really doing their work well, they're looking out for little pieces of um, of code or programming, just a character that's out of place. Because if that character's out of place, that could mean hours and hours of debugging if they have to go ahead and try and find that after the fact. So their, their brain is constantly parsing, or my brain at least, is constantly parsing for things that are not 100% accurate. So if you don't know that and you're working together with a developer that's doing that automatically just because they're trained to, uh, then that can be super, super annoying. So if you know where they're coming from, then you, know, you can kind of, you can, get, you can get past that and you can be less annoyed by it at least. What are the questions that non-technical professionals should ask developers and what are the questions those same professionals should be prepared to answer from developers? 
So um, one of the things that, um, that I think um, non-technical professionals, if they're in the planning stages of building a product, which often happens, right? And that's why you often work together with, uh, with developers. Um, one of the things that they should kind of, well, it's not really an ask, it's more of like a, a process thing. I think they should involve the developers much earlier on than they often do. Um, and, you know, developers are expensive, so you kind of, you kind of want to only you know, only grab them when they're really, really kind of like necessary or whatever um, to minimize the impact you're, you're having on them um, time-wise. And I think that's kind of like a mistake. I think you need to uh, evolve them, uh, involve them a lot earlier on in the process and get them actually to have eyeballs on what the problems are that you're trying to solve and have them think along with you. Because, um, well, for example, a, a company I worked for, we, uh, we had this feature that uh, we thought our customers needed and um, it was going to take us six months to build this thing. It was a PDF export, a total, total nightmare to build. And um, if they had involved the developers, the developers might have said, you know what, the browser can do that really well if you have it, you know, trying to go into print mode and you just select export to PDF, then the browser can do that. It will take like, I don't know, like a week to build this thing at max. Um, now that's, that's not what we did because our, our uh, project manager didn't, uh, didn't believe in that. And um, they went ahead and got this, uh, got this feature built, which eventually after six months, we kind of just gave up because the, 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 graphs that we were building, um, the dashboards that we were building and wanting to export to PDFs were just so cutting edge at the moment that creating that PDF version of it was too much, was, it was too much of a headache. So there's these little pieces where you think, as, as a non-technical technical person, you think A and B, they're the same, but you don't know there's a huge, huge wall on the road uh, on A, just this technical thing, which makes it hard, really, really hard to build or if there's a, like a way to sidestep it. And if you're very, very strict and you're like, this is how I want it and this is how you have to build it, um, then the developer is gonna run into that wall and gonna try to build ladders to get over it, basically. But developer, if you involve them uh, at a much earlier stage, you tell them exactly where you want to go, what the uh, problem is that you're solving, then they can maybe show you a little, uh, you know, a little sidestep to get around that and uh, really save you a, a massive amount of time. So then to what degree should a non-technical professional understand the nature of the developer's work and vice versa? Well, um, as I would say as much as possible, just, uh, and this means this is from both sides, right? Because I think you really need some empathy to work together with someone really well. Um, if you just see someone as a resource, uh, then, then you're going to get really frustrated really quickly. You're not going to care about them and you're not going to care about their point of view. And that goes both ways, right? There's, um, I've created tech communities uh, in the past, which try to bridge these, uh, these two, uh, well, bridge like marketing people and uh, project managers and product managers and developers and designers and trying to get them in the same room because I believe that the best work gets done uh, when that happens. Um, but that means that you need, to, you need to have some interest in the other person and in, in what they're trying to accomplish. So I think it really, um, it's important to 
as a non-technical person or as a technical person to kind of try and bring the other person along with you on the road, try and, you know, get them interested in the problem that you're solving, the thing that you're working on and kind of create some empathy around that. And, you know, if you're a product manager or a designer or whatever, and you've dipped into code uh, once in your life, it doesn't have to be really, really, you know, uh, very thorough, but then that, allows you to get a little bit more empathy and get a little bit more of a mindset of what a developer is going through at that time when they're building something. What's the best way to get positive attention and support from a developer if the non-technical professional feels the project is going off track? Um, I would say your North Star, the problem that you're trying to solve, the, the customer issue that you're trying to address, right? The, 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 the reason for whatever you're building, you need to, um, you need to emphasize that. You need, you need to bring that back into the conversation as, as often as possible. Um, especially if you're going off track, you know, um, as a developer, you enjoy a specific types of problems. If they're not in line with the problem that, uh, that the overall project is trying to solve, uh, then that can be, you know, uh, it, can, it can add a lot of extra, uh, extra work uh, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't really add to anything uh, for the project. But also as a, um, you know, as a project manager, like I said before, as a designer, if there's specific things that you really want to put in there, and they're adding a ton of time and they don't actually add to that goal. They're just kind of like nice to have for you. Um, but um, the developer can maybe tell you, you know, well, that thing right there, that's going to cost a, a tremendous amount of time. Maybe there's this other thing we can do over here that will, will you know, speed it up a bunch. Justin Halsell, developer advocate at IBM. If somebody wants to connect with you, Justin, what's the best way they can do that? No, Twitter is always good. Um, just reach me at, at juice10. That's, you know, juice like in a smoothie. And then 10, just one zero, at juice10. I love it. If you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.